How do you think you're going to handle it? Oh, I don't know. I just came here to gripe. Isn't that oh, okay. what these sessions are for? Oh, yeah, of course. I, <laughs> m- my mistake. <laughs> Hey, Zach. Hey, Liz. So, I gotta come into that with more energy. Give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) Three, two, one. So, yeah. Three, two, one. Hey, Liz. (laughs) So, as you know, uh, you just moved and your new address is... And my new address is... So, we both moved. And our new social security numbers are... (laughs) And I bought them from Tor dot Tor <laughs> colon slash slash. Uh, so we both just moved, and uh, there are a lot of ways that you can do that. Um, in Amsterdam, they have uh, ladders with platforms on them, and you just bring the ladder right up to your what you know whatever third story apartment, and the windows get they open big enough that you can just throw your whole couch out the window onto this platform and then it slides down the ladder yeah. and that's that's the way that they move in amsterdam and then you know it goes into a truck like everybody else but um so i'm wondering uh because there are so many ways to move um how if hypothetically uh you, somewhere long in the future you had to move again <laughs> um how you might go about that and and i've got some recommendations as well but i i want to know I want to know what what Liz recommends. Okay. Well, the first thing that uh that I do in moving the the, the first thing to to mention, I suppose, is the fact that this most recent time I did not use a moving truck or service or something like that. Mhm. Uh, there's just this Jeep that exists somewhere that uh, turns out all of all of my stuff can fit into as oh. long as it's separate. So uh, the Jeep took pa- very passively. The the Jeep uh, went from one place to another. Okay. I. I'm trying to be funny, but um, I'm failing horribly. Um, well, no, I'm thinking about it. I, I know the quasi jeep, the quasi jeep, the quasi jeep that it exists, and the, the jeep goes from place to place, and it exists. And uh-huh. um, sometimes there is the jeep, and it fits it fits things. You know, yeah. So it's that that's an interesting part of moving. So instead of like taking one or two trips with a moving truck, I take what feels like a hundred trips with the jeep. Yeah. Let me tell you, any Jeep, quasi or not, is going to be better than the hand truck. I can only imagine. (sighs) Okay, so... So that's the first... Many times in the quasi Jeep. That's the first thing that, like, you have to start planning around that. If we're not going to use, and we as in the royal we... um, Mm -hmm. All of us. There's a quasi jeep. Yeah, there's a quasi jeep, and it's the and there's uh and there's a undisclosed people in the moving process. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have a lovely partner, and they have a jeep, so we use the jeep mm-hmm. to move. But sorry, has to cut that out because opsec. Um, it's not really uh. I'm I'm too far down into my own joke that I can't like I can only think about the joke now and I have to pull myself out and start thinking about moving again. Okay, so you're starting with the baseline of everything has to go into the Jeep at some point. Everything has to right. go go Correct. into and come out of the Jeep and you have to think you, about did, in your moving process, do you have any chicken egg uh what is it chicken fox feed kind of things uh, that you had to worry about the everything's got to go into the the jeep and everything's got to come out of the jeep but if you mm-hmm. take too many things out of the jeep at the wrong time right yeah like yeah so the groceries have to go separately because if you if you are trying to move 
the very heavy desk and the groceries in the same trip, then the groceries will just melt because it takes a lot of effort to move the, it takes a lot of time and effort to move the desk. Mm -hmm. Um, my mattress is an internet mattress that squishes a lot mm -hmm. and getting it into the Jeep is the largest pain in the ass. But once it's in there, it takes up almost no space. Right. Okay. So that has to go in pretty much first. There's also like a bed frame that like would be nice to have go in at least soon with the mattress so that you have a place to put the mattress when you get to the new place. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to like put it up against a wall, a valuable wall space. Um, but I think, I think those are the only real chicken, fox, whatever's problem. Okay. We moved, most recently we moved basically everything all in one day, which was annoying and unnecessary is how I would describe it. <laughs> it felt good to get done. Uh -huh. And at the end of the day, I got very, very good sleep. Yes. But I don't think... Part part of me is like, just just do that again. Because we got... like My body's like, but we got all those endorphins. We did such a good job. And then mm -hmm. like my actual brain is like, no, don't do that again, because that was not fun. Even though the reward at the end was nice, it mm -hmm. was not at all worth the price you paid for it. Although, um, one thing that's going to make this a way, way easier, I'm up, I'm, uh, I'm on a floor that is not the ground floor in this mm -hmm. current place, and... There is not an elevator, so we had to take it up the stair. We had to take everything up the stairs, which okay. was the main. Like that was the change in elevation was the hardest part about moving all the stuff. Yeah. So in so moving into the new place, uh, you know, it hasn't happened yet. It it, it it's gonna be pretty soon. Um, uh, have an elevator help you help you move is uh, a recommendation I would give. Okay. Uh, if you have an elevator, like a friend of a friend who's an elevator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Or one of those Amsterdam window elevators <laughs> yeah. too. You can wrangle one of those up. Uh, what else? Um, I, I'm debating this in my head. And I'm definitely not committing to any which, which way, but we might get another quasi-Jeep involved. Okay. I'm thinking if there's another quasi-Jeep involved, we might be able to get it done faster. Mm -hmm. But also, involving another quasi-Jeep takes a lot more planning and a lot more stress. Yes. So that is what I'm trying to balance. If you get a superposition of the quasi-Jeeps, <laughs> you don't even have to move them. Because you yeah. just load up the one quasi-Jeep and then you can unload the other one. Mm -hmm. You could uh, let's entangle them. Right, yeah. I read Randomize by Andy Weir, uh -huh. which is a short story, and it's bad. <laughs> I, gave it a two, I gave it two stars on Goodreads, and I think that was generous. I, yeah, I saw that. I thought two stars is low. What do other people say about it? Maybe this is maybe Liz is just a harsh critic. No, <laughs> there are a lot of people who are like, hey, this is part of a series where a lot of authors did a lot of different things. And I don't know why they put this at the start of the series, because it made me not want to read the rest of it. Uh, not knowing Andy Ware at all. And I will admit that I have not invited him for to respond or comment on this statement. But mm -hmm. uh, it seems like he's. Uh, he he might be uh, a one-hit wonder. 
from what I've read. I've heard good things about... Wait, let me sort out my thoughts. Is Andy Weir the one who did um, The Martian or... The Martian, uh, Artemis is the other one that we read for the book club. Artemis, yeah. I've heard good things about Project Hail Mary. Okay. I, I just, it was disappointing because, like, Artemis wasn't bad, but it wasn't terribly good either from uh-huh. what i remember and randomized was bad which was really disappointing because i was like oh it's a short story sick i can just plow right through this and right. get all that good good science and humor and stuff that i loved about the martian all mm-hmm. condensed without all the you know uh the baggage of having to put together a cohesive story. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that thing that we hate about telling stories. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Anyway, there was, there was uh, some quantum science involved in that book, which is why I brought it up. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a quantum scientist, so I can't not speak to exactly how accurate all of it was. But uh, the egg, I think I saw, is on your Goodreads list, and I would recommend that. What was it? Based on the egg, the egg by Andy Weir. Okay. Um, based on it having ch- changed my thinking when I was in high school, and so whether or not that's going to help you now, I'm not sure. But I mean, I mostly passed the the egg part of my experience of life. I have a long list of books that I am reading at the moment. Uh-huh. Sort of. I have one book that I'm reading and a lot of books that I will be reading as soon as they get off the hold list. Right. Yes. I use the library because I'm a I'm a good little communist. Good. I don't because it makes me feel bad. Because they go, you are. We expect a normal human to be able to read this book in two weeks because that's when the day is that you need to have this book done. And I go, I forgot <laughs> that the book existed for two weeks, because <laughs> um, I couldn't see it. And object permanence, I'm still kind of working that out. So mm-hmm. can can you please uh you could like will you uh, accept me saying sorry? You could uh just print out the cover of the book and stick it on uh-huh. your iPad, your Kindle. Yeah. What I need to do is figure out how to make the bookshelf. Yeah digital bookshelf and just tie it into overdrive and like turn bright red when it's a uh hold from a library anyway uh moving um Uh an entanglement of jeeps entanglement of jeeps that would be really helpful i don't know if that's gonna happen or not um Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of planning i'm i'm sure uh probably some super cooled elements and stuff like that but um, I don't know if I have a whole lot of other hot life hacks for mm-hmm. moving. What about you, Zach? I've got, I've, they're not life hacks. They're just, I'm going to move again at some point and I would like to remember what things worked this time so that I can do them next time. Mm. Uh, to start with, here's a thing that didn't work. Uh, so we've got... <laughs> So we've got this Ikea thing. It's like a five by five. It's got little holes in it. It's like, it's square. Um, And so. What's the function of the thing, Zach? (laughs) It's like cubbies. Okay. It's like, Like, you know how when you were, you were a kid you got little square cubbies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, But they're square. So it doesn't set off your tripopophobia. Um. But the thing about squares is that they are not cubes. 
And that's something that you might, if you're still, right? If you're like me, you're still working on the object permanence. You might not yet be at squares are not yet cubes. Mm-hmm. Squares are, are not cubes. They, they may never be cubes. Who knows? Um, these squares, for sure, I can tell you they're not cubes. Uh, so this is, <laughs> these, these are uh, 13 inch by 13 inch little cubbies that you've got. Um, but that's only two dimensions there, 13 inch by 13 inch. Mm-hmm. There's an additional dimension to a cubby, which is the depth of the cubby. Mm-hmm. And this cubby is not a cube. And so when you measure the, the front part and then the, like how wide and how tall is it? And you don't measure how deep is it. And then you buy boxes, assuming it's a cube based on how wide and tall it is. It won't fit the the thing in it like you were envisioning, where you just get the box and you slide it out and you just plop it in a, a different box and then you close it up, right? The things that go in the cubby are larger than than the boxes that are just oh, as, no. <laughs> that, are, that are cubes. How much bigger? One inch. That's not insignificant. Right. It's like just enough to be frustrating. Because mm-hmm. if it were like three inches, you'd be like, this is not even worth trying. But one inch. Yeah. <laughs> if you're me, you go, what if I, what if I just, just like, you know, a little, I try and like, just shimmy it a little yeah. bit. and Zhuzh. Give that no, yeah. cardboard with a little shush. No quantity of judging uh, solves that problem. So the good thing is like 13 by 13 boxes are pretty useful when you're moving. And cubic boxes are hella. I'm I'm very down for some cubic boxes uh, because they just stack up like bricks. You just go, you know, yeah. plunk them all down. You get to do the nice palletized thing where you're you're not worrying about. I did not have pallets. Don't don't mishear me. Um, where you're not worrying about going over or like making a pyramid shape, you know, all the, all the bad things that you don't want to do with your freight. Um, but, but they also don't fit the thing that, that we got them to fit. So that was, that was the thing that I would not recommend you do Jared, if you're moving, uh, things that I would recommend you do, actually, if you don't have access to the quasi-jeep um, for a week, I might recommend that you get a U-Haul, and then, because you're terrified of driving and extra terrified of, drive, terrified of driving a large thing, you get somebody else to drive the U-Haul. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it was three blocks. We could look from where the U-Haul was parked to load it, and we could look and we could see where the U-Haul had to end up to unload it. <laughs> and so it was still so much better than the hand truck. Yeah. But I couldn't do like U-Haul also does like the pods where they like drop a little pod off in the front of your space and you fill the pod up over the course of two days. And then they pick the pod up and they move it somewhere else for you. Um, that would have felt so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's... uh. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, pick it up. Okay, put it back down. <laughs> that's where that's where it's going. Um, we had some slicers. We ordered a kit from usedcardboardboxes.com dot com, and it came with some tape. Uh, and we got a tape dispenser to go with it, and that was Ooh. hella. And it came with some slicers, and those were hella. And it came with some black sharpies, but the caps were orange, and we kept thinking these sharpies must be orange sharpies. <laughs> um. And they weren't, but that didn't mean that we didn't avoid them because we thought they were orange. (laughs) That's funny. But good news, last time we moved, I bought like a 30 pack of Sharpies because I was like, I just want, I want the like, like scissors, like how Mm -hmm. everywhere that you want a scissors, a pair of scissors, scissors, you should have some scissors there everywhere that you want a trash can. You should put a trash can there everywhere that your brain goes like, there's a trash can right here. You put a trash can there um, everywhere that when you're moving, especially when you're going, I should have a Sharpie. You put a Sharpie there. Mm-hmm. For me, that's my pocket. For my partner, that's like many surfaces. And that's the point of having 30 Sharpies. Right. Um, so I would recommend that for me moving again. Um, and then also when we got the truck, 
we also got a little flat it's a furniture dolly and so you as opposed to a normal dolly where it's got like the angle and you tilt it and then you wheel it around a furniture dolly uh is a flat thing and you put the furniture on it and then you wheel this dolly with the furniture on it Mm. but there's no tilting involved um and that is pretty cool so if you can acquire a dolly from somewhere even if you're just using the the quasi jeep um i would recommend one of those but i suppose the utility might be limited in the case that you don't have an elevator on both ends yeah i could uh on one end i can see it being very useful on the other end i can see it being almost useless right i still i still think for like whatever it is the seven dollars that you might be able to get a furniture dolly and some utility dollies. Where can I pick one of those up? I know that U-Haul has them. Okay. You could probably like purchase one from your local hardware yeah, store. Doesn't seem like something I'll use very often. Somewhere, and then you have to move the utility dolly with you when <laughs> next time you move. And um, uh, it was funny. We were touring uh, places. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, apartments um, and they uh, part of the tour was the like storage area and uh, we it's like in the basement we walked all the way down to the basement and uh, the lovely tour guide was like uh, did, did a great job the whole time and very friendly very nice and She's like, okay, and this is the uh, storage. Yep. Uh, you could put your, and like eyes us up and down. Like, what? Uh, what's a good thing to, <laughs> you could put your kayaks in here? <laughs> That's safe. That's safe. You look at you and you go, kayak? Yeah. I, I, could, I could kayak. Uh-huh. You could put your skis in there. Yeah, the skis that I have. That'd be I. Yeah, fair. Um, I also never look at someone and think you ski unless they are in the puffiest jacket I've seen get that day. <laughs> I don't. This is neither here nor there, but I don't think puffy jackets are particularly good for skiing. Just because of the like. I don't know. In my experience, mm-hmm. it is better to have a, even in the coldest times, have a fairly light jacket that will not let water through ever. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't done it. Jared, sometimes I ski, and um, it's downhill skiing and snow. Uh, mountains are sometimes involved. If you're moving and stuff, like the the cold is less important than like the wind and the snow getting on you. Mm-hmm. And if you if you have a puffy jacket and it will let some water seep in, then your jacket will not be puffy, and it will not be warm anymore. Yeah. So better to have a very watertight jacket that is not quite as puffy. Yeah. But I'm, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That being said, the aesthetics of skiing in my head are puffy jacket. So yeah. Uh but yeah, I could totally but uh furniture dolly would be a good thing to put in that little storage area along with my mm-hmm. kayaks mm-hmm. is it the kind of storage area that could fit multiple kayaks i would say it could probably fit one kayak slick could you it, put like kayak mounting hardware in there is the, that the kind of this is actually not the relationship apart- you have with the storage area <laughs> this okay this particular storage area was on a tour for an apartment that we did not end up applying for so uh-huh. uh definitely not but um 
I would say like the kayak would fit from it's a it's a it's a rectangular prism the storage right. area. So if you had, it, I think a kayak could fit from corner to corner vertically. Okay, so you're using up most of the space for your one kayak. Yeah, like there'd be corners for other things. You could fit like boxes not, and stuff, but that's it, not real. Yeah, that's, it, you got you want to get a special kayak, you know, kayak storage space. Uh, honestly, what I would like is a foldable kayak. They do make those. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, they make inflatable kayaks, I suppose. Oh, okay. That would, and then that, once you deflate it, you can fold it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So okay, your furniture about... dolly and your inflatable kayak. Mm-hmm. This could go in storage. Yeah. Um. What other hot tips do you have for yourself in the future? Put put everything in boxes. And like honestly, if if I was moving somewhere more than a few blocks away, like where we could we were able to make multiple trips and kind of come back the the day before, if I had to move out in a day, I would almost want to get a room in a hotel <laughs> for the night like there's a night where you you're supposed to be like basically moved out, you get up that morning and now you're out. Right. Um, and like you, the life takes things and those things take up space. And so I guess you could either treat where, like act like you're living in a hotel for the past, the final week of it, uh-huh. or actually live in a hotel and make sure that your space is fully empty because there's just like soap and stuff that you got to move and like. Mm-hmm. You know, this stuff that that life takes. All the, the dishes that you use in the morning have to be moved. Ugh. 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 So, I don't know what the, the, uh, the right approach for that is. I think maybe imagine the space you were living in as a hotel might be one of the best. I could of see like, that. Yeah. I've got my little travel case of soaps and everything. And, like, when I'm done with my toothbrush, it's going to go back in the bag. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I could definitely see, like, a like a duffel bag of clothes working better than packing up your entire closet sans one duffel bag worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. And toting that around. Or, you know, living out of that. Right. For a couple days while you, right. uh, yeah. And that way, like, you get there and you don't, maybe you don't want to unpack your closet right away or unpack uh-huh. into the closet right away. Right. You've got kind of a week on either end of the moving yeah. that is covered by the duffel bag and a little portable thing and you can get things as you need them. Yeah. Got your chargers in there. You don't have to go digging for things in the boxes. Yeah. Okay. I'm with, I'm done with this. I like this. I put a dust rag in my backpack because I knew my backpack would stay out the whole time, and I knew I would need a dust gra- dust rag. And so, even though we packed up all the dust rags because we weren't thinking, uh, that's infrastructure. That dust rag was around. That is infrastructure. I don't know if I told you, but we've Quinn and I have been saying that's infrastructure quite a lot. Uh huh. For uh. Well, during the move, we were like, okay, let's bring the next piece of furniture up. And then we would be almost at the door and one of us would go, wait, infrastructure, where are we going to put this when we get it up here? (laughs) That kind of thing. That's so cute. (laughs) So if I were going to move again, that's how I would do it, but I really am not. I was talking to somebody and I was like, the kitchen's a little small. And they were like, well, do you have a lease? And I was like, are you implying that in the next month or two, I might move again because I am dissatisfied with this kitchen, sir? No, no, thank you. Do you have a lease? Yes, I have a lease. So 12 months? Yes. Nice. And based on how it's gone so far, we will probably renew it. I don't have anything pulling me out of Milwaukee right now, and I don't imagine a better relationship of 
uh, you know, money to being a place that I enjoy. Yeah. Especially given the amount of stress it would be to find it and move into it. That makes a lot of sense. Especially if you can get uh, a decent bike rack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they're mean about the bikes, we're moving out, we're breaking our lease, moving out next week. Stop paying rent. Keep the security deposit. I'm not dealing with these bike racks. <laughs> okay, here, here, here's what you do. Uh-huh. I got a plan. Okay. It's a long con. I'll, I'll admit it's a long one, but uh, he- hear me out. You, you stay in this apartment for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You talk to the landlord. You're like, you know, uh, I think we've been pretty good tenants. Uh, you know, we're not too loud. We always pay our rent on time, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, if you are, I assume you are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my, I would really love to stay here. Uh, but we have this issue with the kitchen that's, it's just a little bit too small, just a uh-huh. little bit too small. And your uh-huh. landlord's like, you know, you've been good tenants. I don't want to lose you as a tenant because, uh, vacant apartments are really bad for business. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, this kitchen could use a remodel anyway, that kind of thing. And, you know, that's best case scenario for sure. Don't get me wrong. Okay. You might have to do a little bit more finagling to get uh, a kitchen remodeled. but I, Like into the pocket dimension? I'm not sure what. Work with me here, Zach. <laughs> okay, okay. Some very so... clever people are going to make your kitchen bigger. Okay. Somehow. It's like a, it's like a, it's a perception thing. It's a Peter yeah. Jackson thing. Yeah. Where we're just always very far away from the kitchen. And so it looks <laughs> relatively quite large. <laughs> we're manipulating our eggs via like the longest tongs in the world Uh, and you do just enough to get over the line that the city of milwaukee counts as a major renovation oh which forces them legally to Uh install a better bike rack right we bring the full force of zoning code down on them (laughs) I like your plan. Thank you. It's well thought out, I think. Uh-huh. I feel like adding a pocket dimension would definitely, like... This might be, you know, historically protected area, too. <laughs> and adding a pocket dimension is going to cause all sorts of havoc with that. You know, uh, based on my some somewhat limited uh, interactions with people who would be involved with uh remodeling a kitchen into a pocket dimension i don't think that they would care very much for uh the history did they work on a quasi jeep too was that their design (laughs) who knows (laughs) maybe we won't know until we check Um, so if we were going to bring the the folks from the Quasi-Jeep project onto the podcast, mm-hmm. um, we would have like some pretty pointed questions to them about like, hey, did you do the Quasi-Jeep? What's the deal with the Quasi-Jeep? How's it get from point A to point B? Um, where is it when the Quasi-Jeep is not around? Like, where does it go to? Yeah, um, yeah. I you haven't read Animorph, so I can't make a Z space joke. What um, you know? What what made you like? What inspired you to do the Quasi Jeep? Mm. Um, if you were to remodel a kitchen into a pocket dimension, how would you go about it? And would you go through the zoning authorities first? Right, we'd have a lot of questions for the Quasi Jeep guys. Yeah, the Quasi Jeep folks. Um, but. I know I don't do a lot of things for clapping, but I did that for clapping, Liz. So if I could get some clapping. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you for your service. So we'd have a lot of questions for the quasi-Jeep folks if we brought them on. Um, but 
I have been catching up on the reconcilable differences backlog. Um, and in one of those episodes, Merlin Mann talks about how he was just going to like throw to Twitter and be like, hey, Twitter, I'm around. Do you want to have me on a podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so if we were also on Twitter, I'm off Twitter. But if we were also on Twitter at that time and were able to catch Merlin Mann and be like, hey, dude, this is the podcast to be on. Yeah. Um, we know you're not that into milk politics, but. Uh, trust us this is the best milk politics podcast (laughs) what what would we do if we're like just you know pulling pulling a merlin man or a a whoever off the street um off off the twitter onto our podcast and it's not you know hey we want to bring you on because you worked on the quasi jeep what what would we do this is like this is just an interesting person who happens to exist and wants yeah. to be on our podcast. Right. We're like not allowed to talk to Merlin Man about all seventy three of his folders. Right. Okay. And if we say inbox zero, the game is over. <laughs> and so then what do we do? I have one idea. But okay. that would make for a very short episode. Okay. Um, I, I would like to hear your, your idea, get maybe a jumping off point. My my primary idea is uh to to ask him to to have a a rational discussion um you know about with facts and logic about (laughs) what what this guest's favorite alternative milk is Ooh, yes 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 we could we we could milk that uh pun intended (laughs) we could milk that for quite a long time i think Mm -hmm. um it could also serve as like a Jared, if you uh, don't know what we're talking about, you can listen to this episode and like we could have like a little alternative milks 101 kind of thing. Hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? If we had time to prepare, we could go through all of the times that we have sent back and forth to one another. X is a secret Jared. And just like run through those, run through each of those. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, Jared, if you're unfamiliar because you haven't been reading our super secret private Slack channel, um, there we have a running joke that uh, our favorite podcasters are secretly listening to the podcast because. <laughs> We uh we talk about things and then it appear makes an appearance on Rectifs or Dubai Friday or Mac uh-huh. Power users or Cortex, whatever. I feel like it'd be interesting to have a bikes and buses argument with the perspective of Merlin or, you know, whoever. But someone right. who's not a a twenty three three year old former mm-hmm. college student who watch too many contrapoints videos and i definitely feel like merlin has watched too many contrapoints videos that's not where that sentence was meant to go <laughs> but it is true yeah um, probably. i was gonna say i definitely feel like merlin man has some bikes and buses thoughts yeah, right he would yeah, have some right. things to say about bikes and buses and i don't know if there's somewhere i could go that would encapsulate all of the bikes and buses thoughts that merlin man has um, cause a lot of times right. it's just like, meh, cars. And then, you know, on to the next thing. And you're like, well, that's, I want more of that thing. Yeah. I mean, that's our thing though. We can, we can really drill down into that in a way that, uh, Merlin's other podcasts can't. Mm-hmm. And by Merlin's other podcasts, I mean, Merlin's podcasts and not just ones <laughs> that he has just appeared on once. <laughs> Hypothetically. I was sort of cut this out because it, because I'm a, because I'm a fangirl basically. Um, Uh I was like, boy, I bet if Merlin ever found this video, found this podcast, he would be extremely uncomfortable with us talking about him like this. And then I was like, well, no, it is your, it's actually your parasocial relationship with Merlin man that, 
makes you think that you would know what he would think. <laughs> so uh, actually, don't even don't even say that. Uh huh. So sort of cut that out. Don't don't put feelings in his mouth. Yeah, exactly. And Merlin, if you would like to tell us exactly how you do think, uh, you can reach us at uh, patreon.com slash worryingbugs. I've heard he supports a lot of Patreons. Yeah. He's a fan. He likes to be a fan of things. Yeah. He just likes to be a fan of things. Mm-hmm. I follow Casey Liss's blog. That's one of the many blogs that I catch up on when I spend mean, the morning catching up on blogs. Liss is more. Liss is more. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I do. Um <laughs> But he had a nice little little blurb about the his appearance on Dubai Friday uh, as the the main villain to Senor Celsius, and um, was the, a good the little blurb was nice. It was a good like I'm a big fan of things, and even though I'm like big pod, podcast boy number one with ATP, <laughs> I am, was still like astounded that these people thought that I was calm and collected enough to be permitted onto their podcast <laughs> um which is really i don't know it was it was very sweet uh another topic uh that would be fun uh is uh starting with uh with with this prompt uh today i was told that quote unquote my generation uh doesn't it isn't good at talking on phones and to two people because we never had to discuss <laughs> wait based on that i feel like i need to clear something up when you say we should have a bikes and buses conversation with this guest whoever they are uh, are you imagining not... <laughs> we go bikes and buses discuss <laughs> no no i'm not I'm thinking we come up with something in the news and we use that as a general jumping off point for larger uh-huh. bikes and buses discussion. This, uh, I thought it would be funny if uh, I said, hey, this, my little, uh, my generation uh, is this little weird spot between Gen Z and millennial. Uh, and apparently, a- according to uh, someone who is, very nice. Um, but as a matter of fact, in neither of those generations. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was to- told me that uh, I'm not I'm not good at phone calls and talking to people because I never had to. And they did. I'm not even saying they're wrong. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying they're wrong necessarily. Just that it was a, a statement that they made and uh, is perhaps worthy of discussion a little bit more but like if you never have to why does it matter if you can <laughs> hang on <laughs> yeah maybe you just maybe you just have a skill that's useless now <laughs> i can email my way i can email and slack my way through life and uh your you your phone dies uh, your phone battery dies by noon so there uh-huh. <laughs> yeah phones aren't made for calls anymore did you tell them did you tell this person in response that when children are told to like make the sign like they're calling someone they put mm-hmm. their flat palm up to their face did you tell them that and see what they did i didn't i uh what i actually did do was um chuckle and look off into the distance Mm. because i'm very good i i I am despite uh all my all my spite despite my spite Uh i I actually am not very good (laughs) at at uh you know having a conversation with a stranger uh about topics that I'm uh, not familiar with. Good. Good. I think it's less you never had to and more like you've been on Twitter. You've seen what happens when somebody just goes like, I have a thought based on one experience I had once and a lot of 
speculation. So would in in this situation where we bring a guest on and we go to them and we say, "Hey, kids these days don't know how to twenty somethings these days don't know how to uh gross kids these days are younger than me weird doesn't, doesn't seem right anyway twenty somethings these days don't know how to call on a phone because they never had to mm-hmm. and then they i guess that's the interesting part of it yeah and like how we say like hey zach how do you feel about that hey 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 uh Marlin, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Marlin men. Uh-huh. Discuss. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Bikes and buses, discuss. Okay, but these are our interests. Perhaps we could uh, cater to the interests of our esteemed guest. Okay, right. Um, have you watched Pacific Rim? I've heard he likes Pacific Rim. Hmm. We could watch um, that one, the anime, the anime that that he's supposed to watch. I think oh, he's watched uh, it now, so it's less mul- less of a thing. Millennium something. Yeah, Millennium Falcon. Yeah, Millennium Falcon, the anime. <laughs> God, we make jokes that are funny to like four people, and two of them are us, <laughs> and the other two don't listen. <laughs> Zach, if the podcast isn't for us, <laughs> who is it for? Huh? My dad. Our dads. Jared, if there's something, if you um, if you one day will be a guest on the Worrying Bugs podcast and there's something that you want to be asked, uh, you should let us know right now. Um, and then we'll ask that question to somebody else and we'll ask you a different question. And that's how this will work. Um, yeah it's kind of like yeah. a question roulette who's gonna get the gender one <laughs> gender discuss so there was this thing brought a little bit of joy uh and it was a bundle of games uh supporting palestine and so i got a bunch of games some i think somewhere between 100 and 500 and i don't remember off the top of my head where where in there it lies um but some of those games i have tried and they have been really super enjoyable um one of those was let me go through let me go to my library i downloaded all these games and then i clicked elsewhere okay uh one of those was normal a normal lost phone um which i would very much recommend uh, it's a game where you find somebody's phone. Oh, neat. And you get to like go through and be like, hey, what's going on here? Um, there's Democratic Socialism Simulator, <laughs> uh, which is a Tinder-style politics and intrigue game. Tinder-style uh, politics game? Yeah, so you are a, I think you are a secretly democratically socialist um, president elected (laughs) as a Democrat. And so you're trying to, like, keep power for the Democrats and move the needle leftward. Okay. Um, And so things will happen. Somebody will say, like, hey, we're in Afghanistan right now. What'd you think about that? And you can be like, I want to pull out in the middle of the night or like we should do this slowly and with purpose, Um, you know, and those are all options that you've got. And so you swipe left for slowly and with purpose and right for pull out in the middle of the night. And like it'll it'll say, you know, the people who are like, hell yeah, guns um, are not going to like this thing. And so the the way that they display a lot of like the smattering of the populace um, who's going to be voting for you mm. is 
varied. Um, there's a lot of things that they all might think. And so uh, the way that they display that, the way that they display, you've got a budget that you've got to keep to and you want to keep, you know, positive, but you might go negative and all sorts of things like that. Um, and so like doing things that keep you in power while also increasing the goals of like, we want to be budget positive, um, or we want to increase the power of the people, that kind of thing. Um, and I played it once and I lost because I went into so much national debt. Um, but it's a fun Where's game. Where's the money I would come recommend. from, Zach? Where's the money come from? Huh? <laughs> Where's it come from, Zach? Um, but the game that I really want to talk about is Signs of the Sojourner. Uh, and that was included in there, but I think you can also get it on itch.io for it's twenty dollars. Um, I feel like that's worth it but if if twenty dollars is a lot then you can wait for the next bundle of some sort that includes it um and so the basic idea of this game is that you are let me pull back there's there's story and there's mechanics and that's in every game there's a story and then there's the mechanics and the mechanics either um assist the story or they detract from the story in a lot of different ways right you've got uh run around and shoot em up kind of rpg style you know whatever fallout and like the mechanics and the story don't necessarily fit together super well um and this is a game it is not a run around shoot em up rpg um and it really the story and the mechanics mesh really well together and um the mechanics are designed to make a lot of really interesting real world things that you can think about mm. uh into something that you can look at and think about through the lens of the mechanics in the game um so mechanically you've got a deck of cards and each card you can play and that acts as a part of a conversation and so some the other person will play a card and then you will play a card and then they will play a card again hmm. and so you go back and forth like this in a conversation and there's a couple different symbols which represent like ways that you can have a conversation right it can be a very logical kind of high-minded conversation or it can be a very empathetic conversation or um there are two other types that i can't remember off the top of my head but there are like styles of conversation and i think that's something that i have experienced in the real world that you you're talking with somebody and you are accustomed to having a conversation in a particular way right we come into mm -hmm. the podcast mm -hmm. and we are empathetic and i would say that that has grown a lot in the last five years of doing the podcast for sure um but we also just like make dumb jokes and make you know whatever talk about freud and bikes and buses and think about okay this is right i really care about these people but how do we take the care about the people and turn it into a a, a bike lane on the street or a <laughs> um, bus that goes past their home as opposed to just to the you know certain parts of town, whatever that is. Um, and that you need to be able to draw from many ways of thinking to like put together a, a cohesive thing that we go in back and forth with. Mm -hmm. um, if it was just like, oh, I'm so that must be super fucking hard for you, right? <laughs> back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It would not be a good conversation. <laughs> No, that must be really super fucking hard for you. <laughs> oh my god, no. You. And so the mechanics of bringing these cards out, and so each card begins a certain way and ends a certain way. And so it can end, or it can begin empathetic and end logical, 
or it can begin logical and end empathetic, or as you get further into the game, it can begin logical and empathetic and end logical. Um, okay. And so then the other person's card must match up. If you end up logical, they need to have something logical to say to like connect to the logical thing you're saying and then move to the thing that they want to say or the the way that they want to say a thing. And There's no actual can... like go ahead. And if you can inject enough logic into the conversation eventually they will run out of logic cards and you will win the game. No. You'll win the conversation. No, you will lose the conversation because the conversation <laughs> takes two people. Um and so so that's a really big part of it, actually, is that a conversation takes two people and that it feels really bad if you're in this conversation and you're trying to go back and forth and like say things in quotes. There's no actual words to the cards. It's just mm. you go back and forth. And then once you've had a good conversation for one, you know, round, then like the actual dialogue will pop up. But if you're talking back and forth and you're like logic and they're like, I can't, I'm not, I don't have logic <laughs> to think about right now um that resets that's like a a bad chain in the the dialogue tree mm. kind of um and so it feels really bad when you play a card and they do this little animation of like i don't have a card now oh no i don't have a thing you just gave me something that i cannot chain off of and it like you that is a a sad sound to be hearing um in real life too in real life too and so the interesting thing is that there's so many things that happen in this game that you're like oh yeah i put out a card that they don't like and then you see them do this little sound of like what am i supposed to do with that and you're like oh no oh no that's a thing that's a thing that happens in the world Mm -hmm. so in this game are you just trying to get good at talking so you're trying to get good at talking and then you're going around and each uh, the story is that you're trying to keep uh, your mother's shop alive. So mm-hmm. she would go out in this caravan. She is the sojourner. Um, she would go around in this caravan and pick up goods from different cities and then bring them back to the shop. And then you sell them at the shop and then that's how you make the money. Um, but to get things to sell in the shop, you need to be able to have a conversation with somebody. Mm. So you need to know how to go. If you go... So you hmm. so you start off in this place that you know two symbols. You know okay. the circle and the triangle symbol. And you go to a city to start off with, and the city speaks circle and triangle, mostly. Okay. And you go to the next city, and they speak triangle and square. Mm. And the first time that you get a square, and you're like, what do I do with this square? <laughs> Uh, it's a very like frustrating experience. Um, but then also every conversation that you have, you get to learn a thing from that person. You get to take, a a card that they played and bring it into your deck of cards that you can now play. And so, God, there's, I should just do a video essay or something. I'm not, my thoughts here are not coherent. I think what I am getting to is that I ought to do a video essay about this because there's so many visuals to this um, and every mechanic I want to talk about. And this is not a structured enough format for me to do that. (laughs) I would happily watch that video essay. Okay. Jared, I want to strongly recommend Signs of the Sojourner. Um, It has like changed the way that I think about conversations that I have had in the last few weeks since i played the game that i've been like ah this is a thing this is like win in the game (laughs) and in fact the game is like win in real life but um it i don't know gives me another lens through which to view the world and that is what art is about and now a psa from the worrying bugs brought to you by forever redwood The quality our customers mention most often? Our willingness to customize. This includes timber sizing, roof style, wood grade, finishes, privacy panels, and more. If you dream it, we can build it. This has been a PSA from Worrying Bugs.
Jared, if you have some hot life hacks for moving. Or if you could tell what the heck I was talking about when I was <laughs> trying to evangelize this game, uh, please let me know. I am on Twitter at... 